Roll up, roll up, it's nearly time for the main event. Popcorn and Monsters, Chapter 12. Detective Wolfie. Remember to have your tickets at the ready and be sure to get your snacks from the concession stand. Now, join me as I bring forth the continuing adventures of this motley crew. Wolfie, Mummy, Van Helsing, Igor and Drac were still stuck in the library, waiting impatiently until the next squiggly time event happened. When Mummy had made the suggestion that they should just sit and wait, it seemed to make sense to all of them, but now, after having time to stew, something wasn't sitting quite right with Wolfie. He sat cross-legged, which was trickier than you may think, How many dogs have you seen sit crisscross applesauce? It was bugging him that he was missing something obvious and it seemed to be dangling in front of him like a stick about to be thrown. Maybe I'm thinking with the wrong brain. I need to think with a movie buff part of me, not the wolf. Okay, come on. You're Larry Talbot. Larry Talbot, the former full-time human. The man who used to go to the cinema at least once a week, who had collections galore of classic movies, who once won a trivia night on his own by being a film nerd. This last thought reminded him of sadder, lonelier times, but he brushed that aside. You can pinely at that wolf boy. Now, focus. Appraise the situation that you're all in just now. Think, Larry. Think. The inner monologue device worked, and Larry, using his human brain, thunked. Look around you. Take it all in. His sharp eyes first took in his new friends. All heads were slumped and dozing. Not surprising, really. This had been a whirlwind. No wonder they were knackered. But as of now, they're settled. Right. We're in a library, but as has been mentioned, it's not the kind of library that would be curated by someone who actually reads and uses these books. It's almost like a picture of a library. No, not a picture, not enough dimensions. More like a sculpture. Yeah, that's it. A sculpture of something. Recognisable, but not the real deal. A facsimile of the real thing. So what does that actually mean? Think, you banana. Right, come on, go for the top. Unfuzzy your noggin, you plum. Right. You travelled to a far-off country to find out about your birth father, but ended up being turned into a werewolf. Pretty basic stuff to start the journey. But then it got weird. The appearance of this out-of-time, out-of-reality cabin in the middle of the terrifying woods... The spinning door of destiny showing up, and then that entrancing, powerful smell of popcorn and belief. Your thoughts when you got that aroma in your schnozzle was instant. It felt real, and it felt true. Then, of course, the rest of the gang started showing up. Folks you grew up watching... But they had no idea of that. They didn't know movies. They didn't know Universal Studios. The names Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi meant nothing to them. 
my new friends, they're the real deal. You are the odd one out here. Use that. Keep on going, you hairy melon. Boil this down. What would Sherlock Holmes do in this situation? Probably say something snarky and belittle his companion while playing the violin with his teeth. Let's not do that. But do let us focus on any more possible clues. The obvious ones are the fact that there's a magical cabin in the woods that now houses movie monsters that shouldn't exist. And they've been brought together by an unknown entity. There's the smell of popcorn, something associated with the cinema. There's definite trickery afoot. But isn't that something that the movies use? Edits? Effects? Things that are used to enhance the enjoyment? Doesn't necessarily suggest malice. Plus, we were all gathered together during a stressful moment in our lives. We were taken away from something potentially tragic, certainly stressful, and removed to somewhere safe. We also haven't been harmed since arriving here. Just perplexed. Don't forget the movie projector. All of this adds up to cinema-related things, and there's tropes galore. The cabin, the older lady in the cart with the ominous warnings, the trippy goings-on with time and space. Add to this that Dracula is over in the corner, dozing with a strip of drool falling from his agape, pointy-toothed maw. Finally, I'm a werewolf. One who is created under unwilling circumstances and with a great deal of pathos. Classic werewolf. Now we're sitting in a library that is too fantastical to be real. Okay, okay, we've reached the library. So what happens with the libraries in these films? Secret passages. Secret passages behind a bookcase. Normally a secret passage that is revealed by pulling a certain book that is actually a mechanism to open it. You do realise that that was incredibly obvious. Yes, in our monologuing me, yes, I do, but there is something else that all of this brain waffle has made me realise. Whoever's behind all this, they're just a fan. A diehard fan of these films as much as I was. As I am. I have to go with the gut feeling I had when I first got a smell of the popcorn and what I've been calling belief. It felt genuine and it felt true. That's what I have to go with. And now I know what to do in this library, but it'll be much easier with more help, so... Okay, you lot. Rise and shine. Wolfie clapped his paws together repeatedly and walked around shaking and shooling the rest of the gang out of their repose. There were muted complaints of, Just five more minutes, mother, and associated grumblings, but Wolfie was persistent. Come on, you lot, I've got a new plan. This did get the attention of them. I thought we had a plan, Wolfie, waiting for this spinny, timey-wimey thing. We did, but I've been going over a lot of things in my head, and this is what I've come up with. It started with me coming to this country and ended up becoming a werewolf, and that... So you see, all that has led me to now, and I know what we have to do to move on to the next step. They all looked at his eyes. Except Mummy, of course. Mummy always had to look just off-centre in case of anything untoward happening with their power. 
I must say, Wolfie, after hearing all that, as incredulous as it all sounds, it is still logical. Also, old boy, you have more experience of these things than the rest of us. And as solid as Mummy's idea was, I don't think any of us like waiting around and would rather be the choosers of our own adventure. So, you said you know what to do next. What would that be? We need to find the book. The gang merely stared at Wolfie. Then as one, they all looked round at the wall-to-wall stacked library around them. He's lost it. What a waste of time. That poor boy. Oh, for Pete's sake. No, 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 there's more to it than that. It'll be a particular book, one that stands out. I'm sorry, Wolfie, but you really will need to elucidate. Ew, don't do that. Just tell us more clearly. We already... Mummy? We already spoke about how these books don't quite fit. They're too new, too pristine. We need to find one that stands out from that. We need to find a battered, dog-eared book. One that has been read multiple times. One that is... Loved. Exactly, Van Helsing. I understand now. The rest nodded their head. It made sense. Right, let's get to looking. Remember, you must choose wisely, not poorly, Wolfie said as he walked away, humming a tune that sounded a bit like... Stop that. I am not a freak. I am not a crackpot. I am not a fruitcake. Fruitcake? What does that even mean? No more. No more. Please just let me be. The Baron woke with a jerk, hands held in front of him, as if to ward off the verbal insults being thrown. Then he realised where he was. He wasn't at that school anymore. That was long in the past. He wiped the sweat from his brow, calming himself. It's over. That's long in the past. You're safe now. Then he truly remembered where he was. He knew he had been dropping off, but had fallen asleep without realising. He also just noticed that at some point, while he was asleep, he had climbed onto... Well, I'm not sure if bed was the right word to describe a giant concrete table, but that's where he currently lay upon, and concrete or not, it felt like a bed to him. Many times during his experiments, he had been so exhausted that the table where he had conducted his work would often become his place to slumber. Not while it was occupied, you understand. It wasn't anything weird. The Baron got to his feet and took in his surroundings. Once more, things had changed while he was cruising along the sleepy train. The lab that had been quiet, sullen with silence, was now vibrant, buzzing. You could even say it was... alive. He walked around, 
checking instruments, inspecting levers, perusing dials. It's just like my lab back at the castle. It's been recreated for me by... Me? Did I do this? Did I will this to happen? Am I that powerful here? I mean, I am a genius, but to be blunt, I have no idea if I did this. I can't say I care. It's back, and it's time to have some fun. Now, what to try first? As he said this, he heard the faint but unmistakable click of a door opening behind him. He turned. It was the front door of the cabin. He watched silently as the hinges creaked in an appropriate fashion for a situation such as this. The Baron slowly walked towards it, not scared, just intrigued. The door swung fully open. Swung? Swang? Swinged? The Baron, almost in slow motion, reached the threshold and what he saw outside filled his heart with happiness and joy. No, it wasn't his own home. It wasn't his garden. It wasn't the Doobie Brothers live in concert. It was what the Baron would call his toolbox. You or I would call it by a different name. A graveyard. Trust me. Wolfie shouted. You'll know it when you see it. It'll stand out. The gang had been looking for quite a while, but they hadn't minded. They weren't grumbling. They believed Wolfie, because it made sense in a situation that was completely banana. They went through shelf after shelf after shelf, but all they had found so far were books much like the research one used as an example before by Van Helsing. Nothing that seemed loved. I know it's around here. Take a moment. You're missing something. You must be. Come on, come on, think. What did you do with the books you had? I read them, of course. No, you grapefruit. When you weren't reading them, did you have them sitting pretty on a bookcase? No. No, I didn't. I always had them at hand, close by, because I always had my nose in them. Oh, man. I've got it. Drac, mummy, everyone. Wolfie bellowed. Stop looking on the shelves. Look for things like tables, chairs, somewhere that a book could be left and grabbed. There were replies of understanding. This was what they needed, because only a few minutes later... Wolfie! Wolfie! I think I've found it! They all rushed towards Mummy. Mummy was standing looking down at a table. Just a basic table, nothing fancy. They all gathered around and found themselves just staring at a small table. One that could be used at a bedside or by a chair. It was stuck away down one of the dead-end aisles. Easy to miss. On it was a lamp and a book. That's it. That's the book. The title of this well-loved, well-read book made total sense given the context of everything. It was called... One thousand and one horror films to see before you die. And the word die was in red and looked like it was dripping blood. Subtle? 
Not this one. So, what do we do now, old boy? Wolfie didn't say anything. He just leaned forward and picked up the book, and as soon as he did, the bookcase in front of them clicked and opened to reveal a gosh darn wouldn't you know it secret passage. Well, I'll be a mummy's oldie relative. I guess we've figured out what to do next. Wolfie felt Drac's cold hand on his arm. Wolfie, I agree that this must be the next step to take, and time should not be wasted, but I must stay here and wait for Lumpy. Perhaps we should all wait. No, Igor, I truly believe that time is of the essence. We don't know what may occur when the time thingy happens. This opening may disappear. Also, it was me who caused Lumpy to remain behind. There was some protest from the others. No, 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 no. I do not mean it was my fault as such, but I do feel as though it should be me who greets him when he comes through. He's the reason I made it through safely, so please, allow me to do this. That is some sound logic, my friend. Okay, are we all agreed? Mummy, Wolfie and Igor all nodded. Very well, Count. The very best to you, and we will of course wait for you and Lumpy on the other side of, well, whatever is next. And with that, the four of them walked through the opening, and Drac got himself comfortable, and waited, and waited for his friend. And that is where we leave this episode, my friends. Join me again for the next one. If you would like to listen to these episodes ad-free in a week early, then you can check out the Popcorn and Monsters Patreon. There you can also find every single episode of Mirths and Monsters also ad-free, plus the usual merch rewards. One of which is getting a mention after every episode if you join at the producer level, which leads me to thanking Kelly Von Dutch Surname, Courtney Eli, Rachel Miller, Amber Schilder, Carla Crawford, Connie, Fiber Ash, Dalen Pear, Brandy Johnson, Kristen Dunaway, Nicole Snyder, Nietzsche Florea, Katie Bischoff, Samantha Mason, and the always Canadian Alicia Tully. Thank you all again. And if you wish, you can also check the link tree for all my socials if you would like to get in touch. Till next time, my wonderful listeners, take care, and we'll speak soon. Goodbye for now.